to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. As always, we hope you are doing well. We hope you are staying safe and we hope you are staying sane wherever you are in the world while you were in quarantine. So it is another looking back episode We are doing the 2013 and 2014 season as you guys voted. Um, It just barely beats the 2015-2016 season for the next Looking Back episode. Um, Just very briefly, I just want to talk about Friedkin. Uh, Today I had a story um, coming from a, a source in Friedkin's legal counsel. This deal is not dead, still on. To quote him, I didn't put this in the story, but it is 60-40 that they will do the deal. That is what he says. What that's worth remains to be seen. I'm optimistic. Let's just say that. I am optimistic that a deal gets done. All right, Andy. So let's go. The 2013-2014 season at Roma. So this was probably the in terms of heartbreaking Andy like where do you where do you rank this one it's not quite 2009 2010 or 2016 2017 but it's pretty high up there because that was the best start Roma have had in their club history Yeah and it's uh, I think it's 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 um it's a case of same old, same old, meaning it was so surprising because after the end of that particular season and the fashion that it it, it ended, meaning the, the season previous season, the 12-13, um, and all the chaos that culminated in, in that particular season, and we basically started this revolution with Garcia, with selling tons and tons of players that we would never see again at this club. And, um, and so it was going against all expectations. I remember I was, I didn't really know what I was seeing in those first few weeks when everything was going great, when Roma were just, you know, going full throttle. Um, it, it was just so unlike Roma and, you know, we, that season is still in the history books for a reason. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it wasn't enough, you know, and it's that's that's why it's the same old, same old. Now, in fairness, that was a, a super Juve. Roma, they finished the season in second place on 85 points. Juve, they win the Scudetto at 102 points. So Roma, despite the best start in their history, uh, they finished 17 points behind the eventual winners. Now, I'm not going to say that this is a case of... um. Because we always talk about the points that you drop in the beginning of the season and the ones that you regret later in the season. But we all remember that stretch, right, where they draw. It was the month of November. It it starts after that incredible win against Kievo, where we all remember Marco Borriello on Halloween gets that headed goal. Mm -hmm. I believe, and I didn't look this up, but I believe that was his only appearance in the first half of the season. 
and he scores the eventual winner against Kievo. And then after that, after, <laughs> after that miracle win, Roma, they draw against Torino, Sassuolo, Cagliari, Atalanta. They beat Fiorentina. Then they draw to Milan. They beat Catania. And then they lose to Juve. So out of one, two, three, four. Is that like five or six draws? So out of those eight matches, there's two wins, five draws, five draws and a loss. So yeah, wow. that's where wow. th- th- that's where the season was lost. Now there were some losses later in the season, but quite frankly, they were inconsequential. Scudetto was out of reach at that point. Champions League was guaranteed. So I, I guess you could say that's where any hopes of a Scudetto were lost. But I mean, you start out with right. ten wins, and then you only have two in your next eight. Um, not great, but. Again, this was a Super Juve, without question, one of the best teams in all of Europe at the time, don't you think? Uh, I mean, in my opinion, certainly stronger than the current Juve, even with Ronaldo. No, I I agree. Like, uh, it, it it was a different team, and um, it, it had some really just incredible talents, and it, it, it just worked so well. It was a well-oiled machine. Well, we were just starting out, and we'll get to it, but if you look at our team and who we brought in in that summer, you really have to wrap your head around how they managed to go from being next level bad with Zeman and obviously Andrazzoli and all that crap to to being so surprisingly good. And um, with that squad that really wasn't, you know, we, we weren't anything compared to uh, that Juve. Um, so that's what it's, it's really mind boggling what, how we started off. Um, obviously we, we, that second place was also very important because we went back into the champions league after, uh, is it three or four years of, of missing out yep. on it? Um, and, and so that's, it, it's still, it's still an incredible season. It, it just, <laughs> it just wasn't enough. Well, let's get to the transfer market because I think that was if you want to talk about just such a, um, it, it, it's still, when you look at these names, I think you just said it best. On paper, you would not think that Roma, by the names they brought in, would make a huge jump, right? So let's go, the, let, yeah. let, let's go through the list. So first, Tin Yedvai from Dinamo Zagreb, mm-hmm. the party animal, as we like to call him. Uh, I think I've mentioned it on this podcast a couple of times. Moscow? Uh, well, I think Tin Yedvai had more drunken yeah. nights on the streets of Rome than he did appearances. <laughs> oh, right. Um, I say that like half jokingly, but half serious. The guy was, yeah, just, yeah. I'll leave it at that. That speaks for itself. Best friends with Borriello? <laughs> and then you had uh, Skorupski. He came in. You had Benatia arrive from Udinese. Maicon arriving on a free transfer from Manchester City. Kevin Strootman arriving from PSV. De Sanctis arriving for 500,000 euros from Napoli. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Javinho, arriving from Arsenal for a 8 million euros fee. Jajic from Fiorentina for 11 million euros. You had a bunch of random youngsters arrive, arrive such as Golubovic. No idea what happened to him. Remember Valmir Barisha. 
Everybody was calling him the next Ibrahimovic. Let's see what club he plays in now. <laughs> um, one that I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce, so I'll leave it at that. Um, he's in the playing in the Romanian league now, <laughs> so that's all you have to know. Um, you had Tony Sanabria arrive from Barcelona. Obviously, in the winter, you had nine. Now, how about this for a January? Nangolan, Michel Bastos, and Rafael Taloy. Bastos, I think wow. the only thing I remember for him was him holding up the scarf that said Lazio Merda and the goal against Sassuolo. I can't remember anything else against him. <laughs> Or about him. That's right. That's right. The scarf, scarf. yeah, in the, right. in the in the in uh, the in the Roma shirt. I I can't remember anything else he did. So what do you make of this? Because for me at the time, I remember being totally shocked out of all of this that Roma were able to get Strootman from PSV. For me, that's that was like a masterstroke of a deal. I I mean, looking back at it, it, it is still a masterstroke. I mean. We'll get to our favorite players later, but really, if you look at this list of who really made a, a significant difference and improved that team um, and made it possible for Roma to sort of, again, chase that dream of a Scudetto was uh, Strootman and, and Benatia. Yep. Um, obviously, Gervinho is, you know, we all know his ups and downs and him being a F- FIFA legend, but... <laughs> The the true the true talents of that team and the ones that you know later on we would regret giving away Benatia and 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 obviously Strootman with all the injuries. But at that point, if you could find you know a better defender and a better midfielder in in the league, those were the guys. Yeah, I don't know about you. Do you remember when he went down in March in that Coppa Italia match against was it it was Napoli, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I yeah. believe it was yeah. against Napoli. Or no, it was in February. I, I I stand corrected. But anyway, it felt like that's where like the air was let out of everybody. Because it, it, at that point, they weren't going to win the Scudetto. It was, it was obvious. But a Coppa Italia was not out of the question. And it seemed like after Strootman sustained that injury, that it was... It seemed like at that point that was it. Kind of, kind of like Zaniolo this year, right? Yes. It, it, yeah. Didn't didn't it feel like that? Like when Zaniolo went down this year, it, it, we both said it on here. It's like we we're like, okay, this can go either way. Either it goes into the shitter or something, and and it just felt deflating. And the same way as when Strootman went down, because that was the end of it. Yeah, I mean, it certainly it. it takes the wind out of your sail that's I, I mean there's no doubting that oh you know what i lied uh Strootman sustained the inner injury in march in a league match right yeah because february seems too early anyway um someone correct us on that uh we yeah someone correct us on that i i'm almost certain that he's staying yeah you know what? it was the league match when they lost so roma had already lost to Coppa Italia. <laughs> but anyway the point remains the interesting thing for me is the only, I would say the biggest hindrance of this Roma was maybe the lack of depth and maybe the lack of a out-and-out number nine. Because do we all remember what happened? Destro, he's still out from the torn ACL, right? The first few months of the season. And then he comes back and he goes on that crazy scoring run, remember? I believe he scored. And ends up as our leading goal scorer. I mean, I I can't believe it. Exactly. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm looking at the numbers here. 13 goals. That's 13 <laughs> goals in 23 league appearances. 23. Crazy. Crazy. It, it's, it's nuts. You're still playing with the... Someone do the math. How old is Totti at that time? 35, 36, something like that? Yeah, 36, um, possibly. Yeah, No, 35, 35. 35. Um, 35. So you're still playing with quite an old Totti at that point. I would say, again, the lack of depth and maybe an out-and-out out number nine is really what prevented Roma from maybe doing a bit more this season. But what do you... Well, not what do you remember most from this season, but from that transfer market, who is your favorite player? For me, it always has to be Gervinho because <laughs> it was so funny because it, it, for, for Garcia, even the thing that damned him in 2015, 2016, which we will get to later in a different episode, it was always the attack that was the problem, right? The the, the lack of goals. Um, yep. It just looked very disjointed in the attack, lack of fluidity. Yep. Remember the old strategy. Just give it to Javrinho and let him do something. Yeah. I mean, that was li- that that literally seemed like the uh, the attacking game plan uh, in sixty to seventy percent of the matches. Yeah, yeah. Just, if, just if you've seen ball, if you've seen the if you've seen Parma in 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 the these recent months, then that's it's that's the same thing. Yes, <laughs> same thing. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, he listen, draws defenders away. Um, it, even true. at his age now. I mean, he he opens up so much space. He was like the like a precursor to Salah at Roma. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, now we all know his finishing ability. We don't have to get into that. That I, I mean, that speaks for itself. Um, as good as his hairline, probably. <laughs> well, I didn't know this. In thirty-seven total appearances, he had twelve goals, which is not even. Uh, mm. I mean, that that's great. That's a that's a pretty yeah. good return. <laughs> but yeah, he missed a bevy of chances. The one that always sticks out in my mind is the draw against Cagliari. He had an open header and he had an open shot, and I'm pretty sure Roma admin. Or, or what was it? I saw Roma nightmares. They tweeted <laughs> the highlights from that match because do you remember who the goalkeeper was in that match for Cagliari? It was zero zero. It was the twenty fifth of November two thousand thirteen. No, Roma. Obviously, it sounds right because it's Cagliari. So Vlada Avramov. You know who that <laughs> is? He was the goalkeeper for Cagliari. And somewhere, if you go to the timeline of Ayas Roma Nightmares on Twitter, you can he tweeted out clips from this specific match that we're referring to. Oh, yeah. Oh, sh- yeah. Yes. I remember that. Oh, my God. Yes. When he had that night, the, the, like this mysterious creature that came out of the dark and basically was, was had the best night any goalkeeper could possibly was, ever have in ever, ever, period, it was ever. Incre- I, I don't think I've ever seen a performance that good because it's not like this guy was <laughs> – listen, it's not like you're watching Alisson save – Goal after goal against Atletico Madrid. Uh, we all know Alisson is good. This guy, if you just look, first off, he played for Vicenza, which I didn't even know that. He has played for Treviso, Torino, Atalanta, and FC Tokyo. This guy is a nobody. He is currently the goalkeeping <laughs> coach at Brescia. Didn't know that either. <laughs> And you you could tell it by by Brescia's uh, uh, record of goals conceded. <laughs> so it, it's astonishing to me things like that that happen throughout the season. But without question, Gervinho will always hold a special place in my heart, just because of how you loved him yet you hated him. I mean, yeah. the scoring opportunities that he would create from out of 
you know, out of nothing, at the at the you know snap of a finger, Roma would have the opportunity to score because he creates something out of nothing. He just breezes by somebody. He was a guy you loved, but then when you saw him in front of the goal, you would obviously pull your hair out and end up being bald and potentially borderline alcoholic. But I still loved him. Loved him. <laughs> yeah. What about you? True. No. 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 I. I, I... I agree. Listen, I, I thought I th- I still think that the oh, Benatia yeah. Yeah. is man that because that guy has so much personality. I think he's his he wasted so much of his career. I I really don't know what the point was of you know going somewhere else chasing money uh, because the talent is there. I mean, I, he accepted to be benched so much time at Juve. Um, he wasn't happy at Bayern. And 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 people forget what a quality defender he is because he has so much oh, personality. Man. And and I will never forget those celebrations yep. with the Roma shirt where he does the machine gun thing. Um, it's um, yeah, I, I just I just love that because I think uh, you know it, it's fine, it's all good, it's all fine and dandy. But in a Roma team with the likes of you know Destro and um, all those people ridden of a personality when you have a guy as aggressive as Benatia that's and pair paired with Castan when Castan was 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 still Castan yeah right the Castan right. that we all loved is, that that's you know my god those are memories yeah i was talking to someone actually uh, someone at Roma about this and and i think just having covered or when i started writing about Roma of all the sales I think that one still to this day is the one that hurts me just from a personal Roma supporter standpoint the most because, okay, they replaced him with Manolas. Manolas, very good. I still don't think Manolas is anywhere near the quality of Benatia. But just from an individual season standpoint, I I still maintain, and I apologize if you find this as hyperbole, but... Andy, for me, like that individual season was up there to the likes of Samuel. I don't think anybody has come close. Maybe Juan somewhere, um, but Benatia, man, talk about. And you know what makes it even more frustrating is he still speaks so fondly of Roma, so fondly. He gets asked about it all the time. I think there's a part of me. That thinks even he yeah. regrets leaving. Even recently. Oh, with the, I mean, we're talking within the last 48 hours. Yeah. he. I, I think he just talked today about it. He said it was one of the best experiences of his career. <laughs> Part of me thinks that if he had to go back in time and yeah. do this all over, was there any doubting that he deserved a new contract in a raise in wages? Of course not. But knowing what I know now, I would put 75% of the blame on his agent who... Listen, I, you guys who read the website, I talk to an agent every other day. As far as the scumbag scale goes, most agents, in a way, are scumbags. You kind of have to be to be in that line of work, and I don't mean that in an insulting way. You have to be a bit of a you have to be a bit of a prick, okay? Um, yeah, Benatia's agent, yeah, Benatia's agent, though, man, gave him some of the worst advice I think I've ever seen an agent give a player. And can you think of a um, like of an operation that just served no purpose or served nobody well? I mean, he left Roma. Obviously, again, Roma get Manolas. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I don't think he was anywhere as good as Benatia. Benatia, he goes to Bayern, 
and he leaves not so long thereafter. And now, I, I mean, he, where is he playing? Qatar? Something, something like that. Yeah, for for oil, oil money. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. A player of his quality, even even his age. What is he now? 32. I'm sorry, but even at his age. Oh, actually, tomorrow he'll be 33. So even at even at 33, somebody like him still has the quality, in my opinion, to be playing in an important league and in an important team. And I just, I, I, I still I mean, despise he, the way it worked yeah. out. I despise it. Yeah, probably the the most excruciating thing about this whole Benatia deal is that the guy was was wasted. I mean, half the day he was he was he was uh, benched by Irgani, um, did not build any any chemistry at Bayern. Um, there was there wasn't any feeling between the the club and and him. Um, and with Juventus in the more more important moments of the season. He was always getting benched um, and wasn't getting enough playing time. And now, you know, he's off. Um, but looking back on it, you know, and looking at the names of Hector Moreno and Thomas Vermalen and Fazio and Juan Jesus and all those other people who came in and to play center back for Roma for some period of time, uh, y- you know, you have to wonder what could have been ha- had things stayed a certain way had Benatia made the different choice had Castan stayed fit because that was when at the top of of their game that was a killer partnership yeah it really was and again I, I just part of me thinks that if he had to go back in time and do it all over again he would make a different decision or at least not let his agent influence him to the degree in which he did um, all right, so best moments of that season or best moment. What is it for you? Uh, for me, it's that away win at Inter. Um, Florenzi had that goal. Totti had the goal. I just remember how f- that for me in that season, that was like Roma at its best. Very fluid. Um, the other moment I would probably pick is good old Michael Bradley extending uh, the winning streak against Udinese when Roma were down yes, uh, yes. to 10 men because yes. Maicon got sent off and Michael Bradley comes in and, and nets the winner for Roma, which <laughs> if you just talk about his tenure at Roma, yes. that's literally yes. the only and that's, thing that's I can exactly remember. That's exactly the best literally. moment for me because it was just so, it's so unlike anything. It, it was surreal, right? Like it, you you were actually seeing Michael Bradley giving you an essential win. Michael Bradley, um, <laughs> who's... I, I, if somebody was following John a few years ago, John has a whole catalog of tweets of people that praise Michael Bradley because they live in this alternate reality. But that that on that day, Michael Bradley was my hero. It was just like, you know, if like Batman swooped in to save the day, that was Michael Bradley against Udinese. <laughs> really, if you watch that, if I if I rewatch that match, oh, yeah. I will still cheer for Michael Bradley. Oh, you and I both. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was yeah, that was incredible by him. Literally the only positive moment he's ever had uh, in the Roma shirt. A couple of I other think things. In his whole career. Yeah, probably, probably. I don't follow American football, so I'm sure someone who watches MLS can enlighten us on that. A couple of other things. My con, man, I thought he was finished as a footballer, but literally this is the only season at yeah. Roma where he did yeah, yeah, yeah. because the next two years are just mired with injury after injury after injury. But this season, man, he was so good. I mean, that was that was 
following the 2009-2010 season when they won, uh, when when Inter won the triple, that was probably the closest he's come to being at that level since he left. Because at Manchester City, he was terrible. Um, but oh my God, Andy, that that season with him that was incredible. That was that was close yeah. to peak Mycon. Very very close. Well, yeah, yeah, and you have to take into consideration who he had. Uh, you know, on that flank for the past, what, two years with the likes of Jose Angel, Pires, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you that's, Pires. and then you, exactly, and then you bring in Maicon, uh, that's, you know, and as you said, he gave us, because that's what he did, he gave us a year of his life, and then he was like, okay, I'm done, you know, that's, yeah. <laughs> this is, I yeah. can't be bothered, injuries, whatever, you know, the weight, everything, was uh, and you know we talked about Emerson's incredible season before and um and the likes of Risa and and even Digne but Mycon was peak Mycon was incredible uh, at Roma um and again one of those that left a lot to be desired because again those remaining two years was just a, a tragedy and then that season the midfield for me without question well if you want to count Benatia and Castan, I, I thought Balzaretti. Isn't that when Balzaretti got the injury, right? Or is that the following season? Remember, he had that weird groin injury that they thought was a hernia that turned out to be something far worse than that. Yes, that was that season. Um, because good old Dodo and Romagnoli were playing on the left, which, yikes. But for me, yeah. That midfield of Strootman, De Rossi, Pjanic, Nangolan doesn't really get much better than wow. that, does yeah. it? And that was, again, before the ACL injury, that was peak Strootman. I know it's so hard to go back and think because even even before he left when, when Roma went to the Champions League semifinal, that Strootman was not the Strootman yeah, was... that we saw from the beginning. I mean, the, the Strootman we saw... In 2013, embodied, embodied the word box-to-box midfielder all over the place. He was still good after the injuries, but man, he was never the same after that knee injury. Never. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, He was, you know, he lost mobility and he was, his whole game was about mobility. His his whole game was about physicality, strength, and and pace, and, and he lost it, but in that first when I talk to people and and they're like, yeah, but Strootman is you know right now is like this, and when when was he ever that player? Well, in this season, Strootman was unbelievable, and we all thought he was one of the best midfielders in you. I mean, he was the captain of the national team, the youngest captain yes. of the national team, I think, uh, at that time, and uh, he just had all the the. Everything he he had everything to be one of the greatest midfielders in the world, and unfortunately, he, you know, he was he he suffered a lot. And and uh, but but as you said, the peak Strotman, peak Maicon, uh, peak Benatia, that's peak Nainggolan, peak Pjanic. Th- those are the ingredients that were necessary to sort of propel that Roma as underdogs that particular year. Well, man, and I know he gets a lot of abuse, not abuse, but we give him some stick. Florenzi, man, remember how 
that's when we first saw him leave the midfield and play on the wing, remember? I mean, he even yes. had that goal against Inter, that fantastic goal against Inter with the assist from Totti. Was that his first goal with 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 Roma? No. Well, no. the the well that was the season before when he had that right. header yes. against Inter. Thought, yeah, that's but true. when that's but right. when yeah, they true. won uh 3-0 at the at the Miazza, that was when Totti he had the two penalties and then he gave mm. And then Florenzi yeah. had that real good assist. Even Florenzi on the wing was really good that season. This season, I, I don't even know because, again, it was a super Juve. I don't even know how much you can regret from it because when you measure it compared to all the other Roma seasons, I, I mean, this is still quite – this is far above expectations. If you were told that Roma were going to win their first 10 matches of the season, you obviously would have snapped someone's hand off to take that. Now, in the end, 85 points from this Roma, when you look at it on paper, I, I think that's pretty fair. I, I don't think this Roma necessarily deserved the Scudetto, right? No, I, I you know, listen, I, I, I think what, what, was, what went right in uh, this season was that Roma, for the first time in, in a long time, and, you know, as we, we do this podcast and we've been doing it for quite a while, and we always talk about the decisions that Roma make, the right decisions are often very few. But leading up to this season, the management did what they had to do. They brought in a coach. They gave him what he wanted. They they offloaded so much, so many names. If you go back to that season, you read the list of players that left. The you know we you gave away Lamela, you gave away all the the old old guard. You you gave yes. away the uh, Osvaldo uh, Boan. You, it's it's a long long list. Stack. What a, it's and 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 that was a true revolution, but it was done in such a way that. You you know you gambled. You thought, okay, who are we giving away, Lamela or or Pjanic? And you stuck with Pjanic, and it paid off. And yes. you you had you you grab you went for a nine goal line because you recognized in him a, a champion, a special player that worked. You went for Strootman, who was showing incredible potential. That worked. It everything was made right, and it finally it was a chance for Roma to develop chemistry to to really go for it with you know with a fresh mindset without the dead weight without you know the likes of Perrotta and all, everybody all all that was cast aside and was okay we're focusing on this season and to an extent it worked you went back to the Champions League you 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 still went for the history books um despite you know coming short and 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 having a lack of depth um it, it's it, that that's what made it possible i think yeah completely agree all right well we will throw out another poll next week after this episode airs as to which season you guys would like to hear next um the 2015 2016 season came extremely close to this one in terms of the votes this week so i'm assuming that'll probably be the one that we discuss I've thrown out the 2010-2011 season out there, I think, for like four or five weeks now. Doesn't seem like anybody wants to discuss that one, which I'm pleased about because I don't want to talk about that one either. So, as always, uh, we will be back next week. We thank you so, so much for listening. Again, please continue to stay safe, be smart, stay inside, don't do anything silly, and we will talk to you next time. So, until then, ciao. Ciao.